morning, everyone. My name's Jenny. I'm one of the pastors here at Rise of Sea. And I'm so glad you've joined us. We're in week two of our sermon series, Peaks and Valleys. We're looking at really learning how to trust God in the middle of all that's going on. And when I think about peaks and valleys, because I'm passionate about hiking, I think about going on a hike. And I brought in my hiking poles um, just to remind me of hiking. And some of you, as you're looking at these, you've probably noticed something strange that these look, they look really clean. They look unused. Um, they actually, uh, like the, the tips are covered. And you would be right <laughs> that actually I haven't had a chance to use these yet. They're totally unused so far. And you know, in real life, our hiking poles, so to speak, get used, they get worn, they get a little beaten up, they get dirty. And in the scripture we'll be looking at today, we're going to see Moses in a time of both peaks and valleys and truly his hiking poles, so to speak, are, um, they're dirty, they're worn, they're beaten up. And it reminds me of all that we're going through. And I'm excited for us to look at the scripture and I pray that it'll be an encouragement to you. I know it's been really encouraging to me. So we'll join Moses and the people of Israel in Exodus 33 at verse one. Here's what the scripture says. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land that I promised on oath to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. You know, last Sunday, we looked at Abraham and how God called Abraham. And God said, go from your country. God said, go to the land I will show you. God said, I will make you into a great nation. And God told the people of Israel that all nations on earth would be blessed through them. It was an incredible promise. And last week, you know, we also saw Abraham's faith, but we saw his weakness. We saw his sin. We saw that Abraham was a person, a human being just like us. And in salvation history, after Abraham, things changed, and the people of Israel found themselves in slavery for hundreds of years in Egypt. And then as God hears the people's misery in slavery, God calls Moses to lead the people out from slavery, and the Moses and the people begin a journey towards the promised land. And here in verse one, it sounds like all is well. It sounds like God's promise is being fulfilled. The people are headed towards the promised land. But I need to tell you that not all is well. Let's continue to Exodus 33, verse three. This is God speaking to Moses. So God says, go, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. Wow, I feel like saying, wait a minute, what has happened? What is going on? God's not going with the people. 
Well, right before Exodus 33, Moses has been up on the mountaintop. He's literally having a mountaintop experience with God. And while he's up there with God, the people down in the valley are waiting for him. And the people grow impatient and anxious. And the people approach Moses' brother Aaron, and they say to Aaron, Aaron, make us gods who will go before us. And tragically, Aaron tells the people to take off their gold earrings. And Aaron takes the gold, and he melts it. And out of that gold, he makes an idol in the shape of a calf. And Aaron says to the people, this idol made out of gold, these are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. And Moses comes down from that mountaintop experience, and that's what he finds. He finds the people out of control. He finds the people engaged in idolatry, worshiping false gods made out of their own gold. And Moses cries out to God for the people. And that is what leads into this terrifying scripture where God tells the people, go ahead, go to the promised land, but I'm not going with you. This isn't just a setback. This isn't just a minor thing. This is a disaster. It's like the end of the road for the people of Israel. They're being told to go up to the place that God intended to live with them, but now God won't be with them there. They'll be alone there. And I feel like the Israelites were so desperate to have a God that they made false gods for themselves out of the gold. And now they're facing life without the one true God. Just to emphasize it, the Israelites are going to have to go it alone. They're still on their way to the promised land, but God's not coming with them. And think about this. I, I think about what it would have meant if they made it to the promised land, but without God, they would have lost the only thing that ever really mattered, which is God himself. Instead of having God's presence, I think of his presence with a capital P, they would have just had his absence with a capital A, and it's, it's a, honestly a terrifying thing to think of. And as the scripture continues, the people mourn and they repent, and essentially they sit and mourn and repent, and they wait for God to tell them what he's going to do with them. And I wonder if you've experienced a disaster like that before in your spiritual walk. Maybe a time when your own stubbornness or my own stubbornness has brought us to a place of disaster. Maybe a time when we want the blessing of God, but we neglect our relationship with God. Maybe a time when we feel like we are beyond the reach of God. And I suspect that some of us are facing that today. In this season of coronavirus, I've shared before that I feel like God is taking away from us all the ways that we try to pretend that things are okay. And maybe you find yourself today 
feeling like you are in a disaster with God, feeling like you're just beyond God's reach. And I want you to know that in the midst of disaster, there is hope. And let's pick up the scripture at verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. This tent of meeting is a temporary tent. It's outside the camp. It's only used for seeking God. Anybody could go to it, but Moses for sure went to it quite often. And when he would go to the tent, God's presence would come. God's presence would come in the cloud. And the scripture actually says that the people in the camp would notice when Moses would go to the tent. And the people would stand in the doors to their own tents. And as they would see the presence of God come to speak with Moses, the people at their own tents would worship God. And Moses at the tent of meeting would seek God and God would speak to him face to face as one speaks to a friend. Isn't that amazing to think of that kind of relationship with God where God and you speak face to face like the way that you speak to a friend? And I picture Moses going to the tent of meeting on that disastrous day because what else could he do? He needed to seek God. And I actually want to invite you to picture yourself as Moses. How would you feel if you had had this amazing mountaintop experience and you came down the mountain to the valley and found the people out of control worshiping their gods made out of gold? How would you feel if you were Moses? And I actually want to invite you to put a comment in the Facebook comment section just how you imagine Moses would have felt. What would have been the emotions he would have been feeling? What would he have been thinking? What would have been going through his heart as he cried out to God at that tent of meeting in this horrible situation with the people out of control in idolatry? So take a moment and go to the comment section and just put down a couple notes of how you think Moses would have felt, how you would have felt in that kind of situation. What would have been those emotions that would have been just stirred up in you if you were Moses in that situation? I'll take a moment, I'll just, I'll pause for a couple seconds and invite you just to take that moment and jot that down in, in the Facebook comments. You know, I know some of the things I would be feeling. I would be angry at those people. I would be frustrated. I would be heartbroken. I would be anxious. I would be wondering what the future holds. And you know, as I thought about this sermon and this scripture and what we're all going through today, Aren't those some of the things that we're feeling today as well? So I really feel like I, I can understand maybe a little bit what Moses was going through because we're feeling anxiety and fear and confusion and uncertainty, just like he was, and maybe even anger, just like he might have been feeling. So Moses goes to that tent of meeting. He speaks with God. God meets with him. 
And Moses says to God in verse 15, if your presence does not go with us, don't send us up from here. Moses pleads with God for his presence to go with them. I want us to hear that about Moses's heart cry. Moses is desperate for the presence of God to go with them. And I wonder if you've had circumstances in your life in which you were desperate for the presence of God, where you felt like, like God, if you're not going with me, I can't go. I can't do this, God, without your presence. I know that I've been there many times, but I want to share one example. A couple of years ago, I was about to leave on a mission trip to Africa. I had a small team I was taking with me, and we had planned and prayed and dreamed and prepared. I mean, I think our suitcases were literally packed, and the trip was a few days away. And there was something that had come up, and it was a difficult, confusing situation, and none of us quite knew how to handle it. And my team members were filled with anxiety, and I was too. And um, I felt like I saw the trip falling apart right in front of my eyes. And I remember feeling maybe like how Moses felt, like, God... If you're not going with us, like if you're not in this trip anymore, then God, we don't want to get on the plane. Like if you're not going with us, we'll just stay home. And ultimately, in God's mercy, God helped us and we were able to get on that plane and God went with us and God did amazing things on that trip. But truly, if his presence would not have gone with us, we couldn't have gone. And in our scripture here today, this true story of Moses continues. And God hears Moses. And God says that he will go with them. They're not going to have to go to the promised land alone without God. God says that he is pleased with Moses. He says that he knows Moses by name. Those are such amazing, comforting words, aren't they? That God knows us by name. And the journey continues in scripture with peaks and valleys. Eventually, the people of Israel reach the promised land. But honestly, even after that, the peaks and valleys continue with sin and rebellion and return to God. And it continues down through the centuries, these peaks and valleys of our journey as the people of God. And then Jesus comes. And it changes everything. I want us to look at this amazing scripture from John chapter 1, verse 14. The scripture says the word became flesh. That's speaking of Jesus. The word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. And here's what I want us to hear in this, that now we don't have to go outside the camp to a temporary tent to find God there. We don't have to seek God out there somewhere. Now God dwells with us. In Jesus, God is with us. 
we don't face life without him. In all of our peaks and valleys and everything in between, we go through those things with him. He is with us. And that's what I want us to take from the scripture today. You know, again, we're in such a challenging season. Uh, We've never been through anything like it before. It really is a time of just all different emotions, anxiety, fear, um, concern, worry, grief, anger. We're feeling all these things and experiencing all these things in really real ways in our lives. And I want us to know that in all of this, God is with us. We don't have to seek him out there far away somewhere. He is with us. He is with you. I'd like to invite us to look at our weekly challenge. So each week we have a weekly challenge that lets us continue to think about the scripture and to let it actually change our lives. And so for us to know God more, I want to invite us to read Exodus 33. We looked at some of the verses today, but let's read the whole chapter. And I want you to think about what are three words that you would use to describe Moses's relationship with God. And I actually want to let you get a head start on the weekly challenge and invite you in the Facebook comments right now to go ahead and jot down what are three words that you would use to describe Moses's relationship with God. So take a moment, I'll pause um, and give you a moment to jot down those three words. As people do this, you can see what others are, are putting there as well. How would you describe Moses's relationship with God? This relationship that let him speak to God face to face, like how one speaks to a friend. How would you describe that? How would you put that into three words? And I'll maybe share what some of my three words would be. I think Moses is persistent. I think he's passionate. And I think that he is dedicated. And I think about those words and I think that's what I want my relationship with God to be like too. And maybe look at what people put in the comments. Maybe look at what you put in the comments. And maybe those are some things that we could invite God to grow in us in this season where we're, you know, we're learning how to trust God in the middle of all of this. Maybe we can ask God to grow in us some of those characteristics that we jotted down that we saw in Moses. So then continuing in the weekly challenge to grow in our faith, let's read John chapter 1 verse 14. And I want to invite you to spend half an hour this week intentionally with God. You can spend it in prayer, in worship. You could journal. You could read scripture. There are other things that you could do during that time as well. But I want to invite you and myself as well. Let's set aside half an hour and spend that time intentionally with God and notice what you hear God saying to you because God will speak to you. And he will encourage you. And so I want to invite us to do that this week and see what he says. And then finally, to overflow with the love of God. 
I want to invite you to ask God this week to put someone on your heart that God would bring to mind the name of someone that he wants you to reach out to. And then go ahead and reach out to that person. You can text them, email them, call them, whatever would be best, but let God bring that person to mind and then go ahead and act on it and see what God does. And I know it will bless the person that you reach out to. So I would love to pray for all of us as we head into a new week. I want to invite God just to move in our lives, in our homes, in our families. So would you join me? Let's pray together. God, I thank you with deep gratefulness that you are not a God far away, that you're not a false God made out of our gold, but that you are God and you are with us. I thank you that in our peaks and valleys of life, you are with us. God, in the peaks and valleys of this coronavirus season, in the peaks and valleys of today, God, in our homes, in our families, in connection with our work, our relationships, our finances, in all of this, you are with us. God, in our anxiety as well, in our fear, in our confusion, you're with us to bring us peace and clarity and hope to let us know about your good future for us. So God, I pray for everyone who is hearing this message. And I ask that you would move in their lives, that you would move in their hearts. That they, that we all together would know that you are with us, we are not alone, you're not far away, that you dwell with us, that we have your presence with us in everything that we face. And God, I pray that as we, as we come to know that reality more and more, I pray that hope and joy would stir up in us and grow strong in us. That we could be people like Moses who in every season of life would cry out to you and depend on you and trust in your presence in the middle of all of it. So God, I pray your blessing on each person. I pray your blessing on each home. I pray your blessing on each family. God, I ask that you would bless their week, that it would be filled with your hope, that people would experience your presence all week long. God, thank you so much for who you are. And once again, thank you most of all that you are with us. God, we love you, we worship you, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So everybody, have a wonderful week. Join us right after the service in just a moment on Zoom. If you'd like prayer, we have our prayer team available. And I just pray just a great week with God for you all. So take care and God bless you.